Hello, Leanna. Hello, Ed. Today on uh, Ed and Red's podcast, things that we're going to try to get to. Uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter. Um, why parents shouldn't be the ones who decide what their kids learn in school. Um, James Gunn taking over DC movies. Uh, Black Adam uh, sucking. Um, uh, the, uh, par- uh, the messaging coming from the uh, conservative uh, party. Uh, federal and provincial in Ontario, um, and, and that we're going to try to get to. <coughs> Excuse me, my throat is like raunched out. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, this week I've been dragging my ass so much, Liana. I think that if it wasn't for certain fruit flavored energy drinks, my heart would not pump. Oh, yeah, it's been I I don't long. know. I don't know how you live off those things. I had three quarters of one the other day. And I haven't been able to sleep properly since. Really? Oh, my God. I can have one of those and have a nap. Oh, God. No, it's just bad. It's bad for your adrenal glands. By the way, there's uh, some new study came out that said that napping is bad for you. It can take like years off of your life, especially if you're you've got like potential heart issues and stuff like that. What a bunch of crap. You know, there's going to be a study eventually that says every single thing will kill you um including uh, air um the the fact that we haven't i think we have hit that point already i'm just at the point where everything is bad for me somehow so i figure if i just spread out the bad and like don't go all in on any one bad and kind of moderate the bad then i'm okay see what they do and that's an interesting plan what they do is they tell us for years x is bad for us then a new study comes out and says, no, X is actually good for us. This, they yep. do this all the time. It, it, they're just making us dance monkey dance. Yeah, it, it, coffee's good for you. Coffee's bad for you. Coffee's really bad for you. No, coffee's really good for you. Red you know? wine is bad for you. No, red wine is good for you in moderation. No, red wine's not good for you. And uh, now, Saturated now... fats. Now, apparently, based on one study, we should revise all the Canadian guidelines so that women shouldn't barely drink at all. It's like, I don't know how my grandparents lived into their 90s if it's that bad for you. I know, and they ate nails back in those gener- in that generation. Yeah, like... I mean, they went through, like, depressions. They had nothing to eat. They ate lead paint off walls, no. and somehow they survived. My grandmother had a Ryan ginger every day that she just nursed and she was a very tiny woman right she was like four foot eleven and then she shrunk to four foot nine but she had a rye and ginger every single day according now that'll kill you she lived to like 89 and really what do you need to do beyond that anyway well yeah i mean it it depends on what kind of help you're in but Uh, take me by then yeah the way the world is going the less i see of it the better I just think that the thing that's killing us faster than anything is all the stress about reading about stuff that's killing us. Um, Here's something that is not stressful. Um, uh, Are you familiar with Queen Priyanka? Yes. Queen Priyanka, for those who don't know, uh, was the winner of season one of Canada's Drag Race TV show. Um, Queen Priyanka, unknown to me, Completely unknown to me. Uh, she was given a challenge by, I believe it's her PR firm or, or representative, uh, her and some other uh, drag queens, 
um, to dress uh, up for Halloween like a Canadian icon. And she chose me. That's and, awesome. And Leanna, you saw the picture. Yeah. Um, it's, and I'm going to put it up on my Facebook and my Twitter so you guys will be able to see it there. Yeah. Um, it's, it just took work. This, this is like, it's a, it's an interpretation of me, but it's wearing the, the uh, outer shirt and undershirt of my longtime uh, publicity photo. She went to the trouble of matching patterns. It's like this, I like, I get every year at Halloween, I get pictures of people who've dressed up like me. You know, often it's like they put a pillowcase over their head or whatever the hell. Um, and I appreciate all the effort people make because sometimes those those cheapy made costumes are the most charming, actually. Um, but this one, this this takes the cake. Well, it, it was for I don't know if you've seen the original in magazine spread of what? Well, the different the different drag queens doing stuff. And it's like uh, The Handmaid's Tale and Killing Eve, and I, I love. It's a gender swap, Ed. That's what I. That's what I love. It's kind of like both of us at the same time. Here's the thing. Oh, that's true. Here's the thing that confuses me a little bit. Right. A drag queen, then dressing as in a costume as someone else. Like the drag queen is already a costume, and then you're well, putting no, the a costume on a costume. No, the drag queen's a persona. But it's wearing clothes and wigs and stuff. It is wearing additional stuff that to make you, you know, the, the beautiful drag queen that you are. And then you're dressing as a character on top of your character. So? It's, this is, it, it, there's many layers to all of this. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it, it, it's just many layers. It's, it's almost meta. Yeah, I mean, these are some pretty good costumes. The the Pamela Anderson is CJ Parker is pretty good too. Uh, she also Queen Priyanka. You can find her on Instagram at at the Queen Priyanka. Um, also dressed up as uh, Mario and did a really good costume at one point. Yeah, no, she's she's really original. She thinks outside the box. The I think about she's these, really cool. The thing about drag queens like like her, if you look go to her Instagram and look at her pictures, it is she is meticulous in her costuming yeah, reminds yeah, yeah. me of you when you used to do cosplay you were meticulous about details meticulous and it showed and it showed i think maybe i got some of it from drag <laughs> well there are people online who think that you're actually a man so yeah that well you, we got to explain that now no no we don't that's all <laughs> People, there's people on man online who think Leanna is a, a trans woman or uh, a man. Yeah, a lot, a lot of British anti-transgender activists don't like me very much, and for some odd reason, that makes me a man. Okay. Uh, you know, a quick photo search of Leanna on, on Google. That's no man. Well, that that's what makes it so funny. Yeah. Right. Like they just if that's all you got why are you doing this i i don't understand people who you know just face plant with stuff like that because they are so ragey about something reminds me of that scene in austin powers it's a man man yeah and yeah it wasn't a, wasn't a man um let's move on uh yeah. elon musk uh the closest uh the real world has to lex luthor um 
has uh, Lex Luthor crossed with Dr. Doom, um, has uh, uh, finally taken over Twitter. Uh, he calls himself, I think, the chief twit. Um, he uh, First thing he did, fired the CEO, CFO, and their top lawyer. But, but though, don't feel bad for them. Between the CEO and the CFO, their exit package, $88 million. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's great business sense. Well, here's the thing. If I know that I'm going to get $44 million for not working, fire me. Fire yeah. me. I'll take the $44 million and I'll just screw up somewhere. Why would you work, continue to work, if you know that getting fired? I would, I would like do like um, the equivalent of a corporal clinger in MASH. I would do everything to violate rules of the business so that I could get fired, so that I could get $44 million. Yeah, it, it, it just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this angle of the story because you and I both know that when there is a management change like this, often there is an executive turnover. People bring in their own people. Always. Right? Right. So I don't know if this is the the media making Elon Musk into Lex Luthor or whether he was just a real jerk about it and pushed too hard too fast. He apparently had them escorted out by security. See, that's not classy. Now, that does happen sometimes because they don't want people to commit espionage or sabotage. That's what they usually do when they fire you. They pay you the two weeks in lieu of you continuing to work two weeks. That's right. Immediately give you a cardboard box, stand there while you yeah. put your plant in there, and right. a picture of your family and whatever other tchotchkes you got. Um, and then they walk you out. Yeah, because they're afraid you're going to, you're going to, you know, get into the, now, now by then they've taken your computer password away. Right, But right. They, they think you're going to do something to harm the company. So they just want yeah. you the hell out of there. And you know yeah. what? <laughs> they're right. So, <laughs> people would do that and I don't blame them. Yeah, and so they're they're creating a bit. Well, they've always mythologized Elon Musk more than I think is is because you know the media loves to build you up to tear you down to build you up again. Yeah, um, when I remember I hear about um, an Elon Musk statement, my thought is sphincter says what? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's he's, he's a, a he's a guy that came from money, and so people think he's smart. I knew everybody I've known. Let me think about this statement for a second. Everybody I've known or known well who came from money, dumb as a post. Well, that's that's just that's, stupid because they never challenged themselves. No, yeah. a couple of them were stupid because they were stupid. But right. uh, there's people who think that coming from money, your parents worked hard to make money. That somehow makes you smart. No, it does not. Well, and uh, they, they get all these extra they get all this extra help. Right. So yeah. they, they don't. And then they learn. turn around and say that they're, they're self-made people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they actually believe that, which is part of the reason they're not that smart. But yeah, everybody's making a big to do over Elon Musk buying Twitter. And of course, the first thing he did was put um, send Tesla engineers in to look at it. So he's not going to be making the decisions. It's going to be engineers. He'll make some big uh, as they call global decisions. Um, he's saying he wants to fire 75% of their workforce. No, he claims that was misreported. Oh, really? 
Yeah, he Good, claims because that how do you run a company true. on 25%? Well, you, you, you can't. The story sounded fishy to me at the time because that's... Musk is adult, but he's not completely stupid. Here, explain right? this to me because you know the internet better than right. me. Why is Twitter worth billions of dollars? What do they do? That Because like I, I don't see very much advertising. It's not like YouTube and you well, click a thing and there's an ad. You know, um, all what those makes little... the money? You know those little cutesy hashtags, like yeah, the, Wongers and She Hulk and all that stuff. Yeah, with the little the, with the, Superman, the little Black emoji Adam. Yeah. next to it. Yeah, the companies pay for those. Yeah, but how much can they possibly pay to be worth billions of dollars? Well, think about all the and you don't notice when you when you scroll through a timeline, there are tweets that are actually ads. No, you don't. No, because the latest one is. Yeah, it's some kind of there's a lot of crypto and there's there's sponsored hashtags, there's sponsored trends. Um, you know, right now I'm looking at it and they've got a little custom uh tag for the Rihanna song for Black Panther. Oh my god, I heard that song this morning. It is a snorer. It you is so? oh, it is so slow. Oh, it... I think it's so we don't know how it's gonna fit with the movie, right? Well, but, it's supposedly a tribute to Chadwick Boseman's oh, the, life. The, the the lyrics are so poignant. I couldn't hear the lyrics over my snoring. I like it. I kept listening to it, saying, "Okay, it's going to pick up now. It's going to pick up. They're going to. It's going to. It's over." I don't I like, like it. it. You know that I once interviewed Rihanna, um, but they set up the interview to occur side stage during a music festival. And neither she nor I could hear what each other was saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the now she didn't come across as particularly bright, but um but it, she couldn't hear you either. But she couldn't, yeah. I mean her eyes were like, you know, vacant, but uh but she couldn't well, yeah, hear but me. was was this the point where Chris Brown was beating the snot out of her? Oh no, this is I think this is well, this is before her star really rose. Oh, okay. She was this is like this is way back. Remember Mark Echo did those 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 urban music uh Specials festivals, or was this the replay to Pawn era? Who her first big song? No idea. Um, yeah, Mr. DJ up on the replay. That one, hey, Mr. DJ, won't you turn the music up? Big go one by one, even two by two. That one, I don't know. Maybe that song is fire, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, the, it was like the worst interview I ever did because the record company set it up so we couldn't even hear each other. No, I think the worst interview you ever do was Vanilla Ice. Or possibly Dwayne Johnson. Uh, no, Dwayne Johnson was fun. Was he? He kind of choked. No, but Dwayne, well, Dwayne Johnson didn't know what was going on. He's yeah. in much music, doing <laughs> an I and I. And then I come up over his shoulder suddenly. Yeah. He, he doesn't know, am I authorized to be there? Yeah, he's, uh, looking, am I... he's looking like, what have I, yeah. have I had a stroke? Yeah. He's looking, yeah. Well, he look, he's looking at me like, is this guy the equivalent? Uh, the people who jump on the field during a baseball yeah. game, yeah. you know, he, like, he, he didn't know. It and was he was so like looking awkward. around like, should I talk to this guy or not? Yeah, but he had, so a good, awkward. he had a good sense of humor. And Vanilla Ice was actually one of my favorite interviews because he was one of the biggest jerks I ever met. And it was hilarious. I guess I have a different memory of some of these interviews because I was the one being yelled at to stall so you could get the interview. Oh, to, to distract people. No, I mean, 
um, I, I was authorized to talk to uh, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, I was but... authorized to talk to, not only authorized, we flew to Florida, especially to talk to Vanilla Ice. Yeah, yeah. I remember that he was mad about the interview. Yeah, after uh, he did the interview. His after he did said, the interview. Ice yeah, doesn't I'll, want to do the interview. Yeah, we're going to the car, and his, his man, tour manager just comes out and goes, hey, guys, Ice doesn't want to do the interview. Like, what? Ice doesn't want to do the interview. And me and the camera guy looking, he's like, what the hell? He says, I said, what do you mean? He says, Ice doesn't want to do the interview. I said, we just did the interview. He said, yeah, Ice doesn't want to do the interview. I said, are you saying you don't want us to use it? Yeah, Ice doesn't want to do the interview. I said, well, you had the opportunity to say no when we called to book this. You had the opportunity to say no when we got here. You had the opportunity to stop the interview in the middle, and you didn't. Once we finish an interview, it's ours. And he was shaking. He's not going to like that. I get in the car with the camera guy. And 30 seconds later, the phone rings. It's the record company yep. that Vanilla Ice was signed to thanking me profusely for doing the interview. Yeah. Because he probably he called the record company and said, I don't want that interview. And they said, uh, Ice, do you see anybody else lined up there to talk to you? Yeah. Yeah. It, is it is it just I mean, for me, I always dreaded the white guy musicians. Right. The the female pop acts, they were always very professional. The the hip hop artists, they were always thrilled to be there. But the the serious musician, like white guy rocker type things. Oh, Anthony Kiedis hated always me. dreaded. And you know oh, what? No, I, I hated I, him too. You know, you know what? Uh, the Chili Peppers were dead to me after that interview. Wow, we're really spilling tea here. But the Chili's were dead to me after that interview where John, this was when they'd thrown him out for drugs, let him back in, right? And well, he, 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 he was an intravenous drug abuser. But he was talking about being clean, and he had a sleeve of medical tape on his arm, and you could see the source, the active source through it. They were just lying about Well, I remember that same show. He went out into the street on yeah. the, the stage, and yeah. he told people to do drugs, then get off drugs, yeah. then do drugs again, and then yeah. get off drugs. It was like the most irresponsible. And then I went and talked to that idiot. And, and, and you know Much what? Music ran that clip to death because they thought it was cool. I uh, I never liked the Red Hot Chili Peppers music. And this has nothing to do with the fact that they got famous going on stage naked, except for socks on their schlongs. I, no, did, not, I... I did not hold a grudge for that. I did like that was the problem with all those 90s rock bands. I was huge fans of them until I met them. And then they were raging jerks to the point. You know, there, there's people having a bad day and then there's raging jerks. Remember uh, uh, Beastie Boys were jerks? Oh, my God. Awful. I mean, the Smashing Pumpkins, I forgive because they like broke up two weeks after and they almost got electrocuted because there was no rain plan at the MMVAs. Yeah, but... <laughs> no, this, wasn't the, this wasn't the MMVAs. This was a, a actual just a Smashing Pumpkins concert. And so, uh, and I, uh, I and... remember when they were at the MMVAs and the pools of water around the electrical junction boxes. All right, maybe I'm wrong. I remember it as yeah. being because because at the time Moses Neimer, the rule was, um, in your out when you're out in the parking lot doing the concerts, no roofs. Yeah. Yeah, after that, that was... there was they were sure that the Smashing Pumpkins yeah. uh, were going to become the Electric you know, Pumpkins. You know what the one the one exception to white guy rockers or jerks was? Uh. Nickelback. Oh my God, they were so much. I'm, I've been trying to get in touch with yeah. uh, Chad lately, and it, yeah. it's I got no love. 
but uh, he, they were so much fun and so down to earth. Nicest guys. Yeah. Now, if he's ghosting you, maybe I'll rescind my opinion. Yeah, but... I mean, I I, I got his, I know his, his lawyer and business manager, and I got to him, and he said he's forwarded it along. And then I said, did you get I anywhere? Mean, and he said, no, I'm anywhere. Maybe he's going through a bad time, or maybe he's busy. Well, no, apparently they're busy. Apparently they're very busy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're the they were the exception every single time. They were nice. And the Backstreet Boys were nice guys. Also, Coldplay were amazing. Were Chris they? Martin, Chris Martin was amazing. Chris Martin were up on the patio on the second floor, mm -hmm. and he was with one of the guys from Coldplay. I don't know his name, it's not important. <laughs> um and we were arguing about the plots of Rocky Two and Rocky Three, <laughs> like which was the right which was the right plot for the movie. And then I got him to I I was humming the Benny Hill theme, mm -hmm. and he, I got him to to walk around the the uh, the patio there, um, the balcony, um, uh, like the like like the people walked in those Benny Hill musical things. Right. And I got oh, yeah, uh, somebody I to pat him on that. the head, like the old man always got patted on the head. And I mean, you don't take yourself seriously when you're letting a puppet hum the Benny Hill theme and you're you're walking around like a you know like a Joker. Okay, I can still like Coldplay then. I'm I'm not real great at separating artists from art. Well, they say never meet your heroes. Oh, I after after Chili Peppers, Green Day, Smashing Pumpkins. There was one more. I'm like, I am not. I remember Tori Amos went through much music. I remember you were like, do you wanna do you wanna try to meet her? No, I can't lose that too. Just no, and I, I think she was she was through much more music. Never mind much music, but I was like, I do not know. I can't have that ruined because my entire childhood, the Foo Fighters were all right. Foo Fighters are nice guys. Yeah, they were all right. So okay, th there's the one. But yeah, I couldn't listen to Siamese Dream or Gish for like seven years after that experience. They just looked at me like I was mold. Um, and on that note. We're gonna go to a break. Yeah. Um, as we continue the history of amazing segues. Yeah, on not this show. not uh, not that anybody cared about that last five minutes of radio. No, people love this juicy stuff. They love. I get they love feedback. the tea spilling. They, I, I hate that tea spilling. I, I, I'm still excited about Priyanka. I don't care. <laughs> I I am that impressed by the the amount of uh, craftsmanship. I don't know if she made the costume. Or she had it made for her. Either way, it was her idea. And uh, like I said, go to my uh, Twitter I, at Ed the Sock or my Facebook page, and I will have uh, uh, the, the photo it, up there. I think she's fantastic. I tweeted the original article with all the with all the costumes too. I think she's fantastic. So I'm just stoked. All right. When we come back, um, we're gonna talk about. You know what? I'm looking through the list here. Um, we'll figure it out when we come back. Um, oh, you know, we're going to come back and talk about because I want to get this off my chest. What? Why parents should not be the ones who determine what their children learn in school. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right. Back after this. So, yeah, you've probably seen the same thing. It, it came up mostly uh, lately when it became clear that schools we're teaching children things they needed to know to understand and navigate the world that they live in and will be living in. Yeah. Um, and that included uh, making them aware that uh, trans people exist um, and that non-binary people exist. Um, and if you are one of those people, don't kill yourself. Like, you know, you're, we recognize 
that that uh, that you you people are real and you deserve respect. Um, and then the idiots said that schools were indoctrinating these people, trying to convince them to become trans, well, that, trying to that. convince them to become non-binary, which is, you know, the stupidest damn thing. There is no there, the diff, the difficulty in becoming in transitioning is enormous. Well, it's it's and, junk. It's junk. And, you can't. And you're, you're embracing a life that where you're going to constantly be judged and be in danger of violence. But yeah, all it's just a whim. Some teacher mentions that there are trans people out there and that means these kids are being indoctrinated. Uh, what the parents don't like is the parents are the ones who are at home. They want to be indoctrinating their kids. Yeah. And schools are teaching them that there's a broader world out there and they don't like it. But teacher parents, no. They should not be the people who are deciding what a child should learn because they're not trained educators. If they were trained yeah. educators, they would be teachers. Teachers, go curriculum goes through rigorous studying before it's it put out there. And um, the teachers the schools are required to show kids the world as it is and as it, it, as it is progressing to be that they will be moving into. Not uh, uh, put blinders on them and have them talk about the world as their parents would like to believe it exists. Yeah, I mean, if parents don't want their kids exposed to the world, homeschooling is an option. If they're going to public school, yeah. It it what gets me is that it's it's mainly conservatives screaming about this stuff, right? Yeah, and they're they're the ones that are all about you know, um, national identity and Canadian values, or so they claim. But when schools actually attempt to standardize Canadian values, they freak out. Well, because Canadian values to these people means white people rule um, and anything that because, you know, what you know, what what what, the, what this this the, the, this upswing in, in racism and stuff is about. It's that um, for a long time, white people were in charge and they um, patted themselves on the back. For saying, look how benevolent we are that we've allowed these people of different faiths and different skin colors to come into our country. They basically saw everybody who was not a, a wasp or a Catholic, even Catholics they hated, um, as basically guests in their house. At one point, it was the Irish. Yeah, basically, yeah. you're guests in our house. Yeah. So they never believed that somebody who came from the Philippines or Eastern Europe. Um, yeah. or Jamaica, they never yeah. believed, and they came here, they became citizens, they had kids who were born here, yeah. raised here, they yeah. still don't believe these are actually Canadians, they still believe they're guests. And so when the guests started saying, you know the crap we've been forced to take yeah. from you yeah. for generations? Yeah. yeah, we're not taking that crap anymore. Yeah. They were like, uh, okay, you're, you are guests and you're being rude in our house, yeah. and yeah. so we're going to put our foot down now. And yeah. that's what it comes down to. They do not believe anyone that, that doesn't come from a, a Western European white heritage is actually a Canadian. They're 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 just basically guests. I, and I mean, I don't think it's an accident that all this stuff is happening when when North America in general and especially Canada is is on the verge of being a minority majority country. Well, now it's it's what is it twenty five percent I think of Canadians. Are, are immigrants and as far yeah. as i'm concerned good because that's first of all, immigrants 
right? immigrants. Yeah, not not children of immigrants, not first generation, not people who came from other countries. Yeah, I mean, the, the U.S. already has six minority majority states. No Canadian province is quite it yet. But, you know, the major urban centers where most people live, right, they're, they're, we're at a tipping point. And I, I don't I don't think it's an accident that they're freaking out. And no, I because I they're it. seeing these they're seeing these uh, these guests um, moving into job positions and positions of authority that they believe were reserved for themselves. And uh, it's like, you know, uh, well, you're a guest. What are you doing upstairs sleeping in my bed? This is their attitude. And, yeah. you know, the thing about immigrants, first of all, if you like your quality of life here, hug an immigrant right because the birth rate amongst people uh born in canada or canadian citizens yep. uh the birth rate has been declining for years we're not replacing ourselves yep. if you want the economy to grow and the country to grow we need people we and so we bring in immigrants they have kids um they contribute to building the country and we need that immigration to keep our social programs alive to keep our quality of life where it is right um, without immigrants we wouldn't have any of that um, and immigrants, despite the fact that some people like to think they come here and just take welfare, no. Um, immigrants are the hardest. They're the ones who work three jobs okay, and don't complain. What? They're just happy to be here. They're industrious and they're hard. No, they do not come here looking for a free ride. No, no, they don't. I mean, the, the ridiculous thing about that, too, is you know why people who are refugees uh go on social assistance for you know while their claims are being processed it's they're not because, allowed to work well because they're taking our gerbs right so if you don't like that blame blame the anti-immigrant forces right well i mean like, when you when you arrive as a refugee i believe i mean it takes time to get a work permit so, it's very very backlogged now i know somebody who's waiting on a work permit renewal and it's four months and still nothing. Yeah, so it's so. not that these people come here and, and don't want to work. They can't. They legally can't work. Um, but anyway, going back to, uh, to schools, um, te uh, teachers teaching that there are realities, there are li life choices out there. There are people okay, okay. who are Being trans is not a choice. No, <laughs> but, uh, no, but choice. I'm, I'm not talking yeah. about trans. Um, that there are life choices out there. There are options for people that there are realities, um, yeah. uh, life realities for people that you are not your life reality. Right. You have no business uh, judging them. And no, you, you, like, there is no uh, reason you should be judging them. And if you as a child are feeling, uh, you know, are, 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 are trans um, or you're non-binary, uh, don't hate yourself. Um, we're recognizing that this is this is a reality. Um, well, and so it's like it's like saying that they're being indoctrinated um, to to believe in gravity um, or to believe in math. Like it's it's not indoctrination. It is education. It is not advocating that anybody becomes trans or binary. It is simply saying, if you are, don't hate yourself. And to other kids, if you know people who are binary, non-binary or trans, don't hate them either. They're not freaks. They are just people like you and they exist on the same continuum. Well, and I mean, it's it's weird because it used to not be contentious. You know, when I took gender studies, yes, I took gender studies, everybody. Uh, but it was not contentious to say that gender identity firms up by the age of six for most people. And now all of a sudden, a 16 year old doesn't know what they are. 
and that's just like that's counter to you everything. You mean that you mean know. by by the, the the trans critics are upset at the notion of a sixteen year old? Yeah, they don't want uh, teenagers getting gender affirming care because they're saying about trans people the very thing they said about gay people in the nineties. It's just a phase. They don't know. Teenagers are stupid. You can convince them of anything. I'm well, sorry. What I want to know is who do they think is convincing someone that they are trans? Either well, I you mean, are, like this is a fundamental misunderstanding that they have and ignorance about being trans. Nobody convinces somebody to be that's like convincing somebody to be short or convincing is, somebody to be tall or convincing somebody to have brown eyes. You these are not things that can be you can be convinced of. Well, it sounds good to somebody who's been indoctrinated in some kind of magical thinking system, though, right? Because they have been convinced of nonsense. And I think part of their brain knows they have so they're prone to that messaging but you know thanks to jk rowling i've met a lot of very wonderful transgender people and the stories they tell me about being shamed by teachers it's horrific and it's it's odd because they're only five years or so younger than me it's it's like i came up in a pocket where things were pretty cool um and after me, and, and there's a lot of factors, right? It was the whole Disney princess thing. It was that we got, you know, the HIV AIDS epidemic more under control. But it's like I lived in this moment, this shining moment of late Gen X apathy. And then we rolled over to the millennials and, and it became this praise everything. Don't let anybody fail at anything. And it's led to a real mess. Um, and, you know, some people say that, you know, teens, young people, teens, they'll do it for the attention. And you know what? Sometimes maybe they will. They will say that. But that's why there is a process, a screening process before there is uh, uh, reassignment surgery. It doesn't you don't just walk in like shoppers drug mart and, and take it off the shelf. There is a process to make sure that this is not somebody seeking attention, not, you know, that it is legitimately this person is trans. And, and people people listening to this saying there's no such thing as legitimate trans. They say that it's a mental illness. Yeah, they said that about homosexuality too. Yeah, it yeah. ain't true. These people, Leanna and I both have known people who we knew them before they transitioned and after they transitioned <clears throat> and after they transitioned, they see more like real people more themselves yeah. than they were before they transitioned. Yeah. I have seen it with my own eyes that this is real. And uh, so, and sure, you've got to be careful when you're dealing with kids and teenagers, but I really don't believe any parents are, uh, in, they think left-wing parents are encouraging their kids to be trans or non-binary. Nonsense. Okay. Uh, saying, that, saying that if you are, I will accept you is not saying you should be this. Here's here's what I don't get about the the right wing position on this. Right. They want more parental control over schools. Right. Right. Except teaching LGBTQ plus acceptance. So they want control over the curriculum and they want parental rights. I mean, we we dodged a bit of a a thing this last set of municipal elections with um really regressive candidates in that regard a few got in the worst didn't but it uh they're doing the same playbook as they did down there in the u.s that they're trying to take over now 
school boards here don't have the the same well school trustees don't have the same power that they do in the u.s we're more centralized but i mean ford stoked some of this because a lot of the resistance here was he got in on opposition to kathleen Wynne's sex ed platform right remember that yeah i remember yeah that was also that parents should be more involved in making the curriculum, like well, parents are the so are so distanced and have such block emotional blocks to seeing their children as as people who are growing up. They're the last. They just want to infantilize their kids forever. Well, but also, I mean, Ford only promised to review the curriculum, right? And then he put in eighty five to ninety percent of everything, right? It 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 was a he got in, and I mean that's that's Doug Ford. Right. Say what say what you need to get to the next week and then disappear for three weeks. Go to the cottage. Yeah. Cheesecake, ride a snowmobile. But I mean, he ran on that and he stoked that that outrage and then he let it very quietly go through. And what's interesting is that the people who were outraged didn't call him on it. Well, you know, they just they're it's like their guy. We, well, we made our point. We we we, we raised our, our objections. Now we go back to just not paying attention. Well, no, um, he's he's their guy. If a conservative says it's okay, it's okay. But if a liberal does it, oh god. And that's the part I I don't like. Somebody can give the exact same message. It's identity of the speaker. And well, that ain't cool. Not cool. Um. Not cool at all. So I'm sure we've uh, rustled some jimmies. I um, like wrestling, so Jimmy. And and Priyanka cosplayed at the sock. So I'm just stoked. And uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, maybe we'll pick up on the, the messaging uh, thing. The and messaging? if we have time, uh, the conservative messaging thing. Oh, um, okay. You don't want to talk about Black Adam? And then we'll, we'll, then we'll get to James Gunn uh, taking over the DC movie universe and Black Adam and Henry Cavill as Superman. Um, okay. So we're going to get to that. Well, wh- what do you want to do first? I don't know. I don't know. Let's see where the wind takes us. Well, you seem to be leaning towards, you mentioned Black Adam. So we'll talk about Black Adam, then we'll talk about the messaging coming out of conservatives federally and provincially. Right, um, okay. All right, good. Don't you like, uh, audience, don't you like how we plan on the air? So well, we, we come up with ideas, you. and we're like, okay, we're going to do this, and then we start the show, and it all goes out the window. Well, no battle plan survives first contact, first contact with, the, with enemy. the enemy. Right, yep. All right. Uh, and we'll be back. So last week I mentioned, hadn't seen Black Adam yet, mm-hmm. said that I was disturbed that they're making another hero out of somebody who has tremendous power, but no moral compass, making him a badass, dressed in black. And uh, I, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm sick to death of these badass characters. Um, I'm sick to death of... The, these basically bullies that we're, that we're supposed to see as heroes because they're badass. Um, hate, hate it. Um, but went to see Black Adam with high hopes because uh, The Rock is usually charming. Um, my, one of my favorite comic book heroes of all time, Dr. Fate, uh, is in the movie. Um, there was a lot of, you know, th- th- there was a lot of bright, shiny talk about Black Adam and... Uh, uh, I love the Shazam characters. So I went to see the movie. You went to see the movie. We went to see the movie together. What, what was your take on it? 
Well, see, I, I went I wanted to see the movie for a completely different reason. I want to see, you know, The Rock go back to his heel days. Right. Right. OK. Um, But it was I was going in expecting to be as angry as I was in something like Green Lantern or Sucker Punch or even, you know, parts of Aquaman. And I wasn't. I was bored in places. I it just felt, I mean, the, the the absolute weak link is the script. Right. Absolute weak link. And it just felt like the character is written and the character that Dwayne Johnson was playing was not the same take on the character. And I preferred the take on the character that he was doing. I um, you're right about the script. Yeah. And this isn't one of those scripts that was done by committee either. It was three guys. Oh, really? um, yeah. And they're horrible. Script is terrible. Um, usually, I, I mean, I loved short round in Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom. Loved the Goonies, loved the Stranger Things kids, but there's a kid all the way through this movie. I kept hoping a building would fall on him, and when it did, he survived. Um, it drove me. <laughs> it, I was very angry. Like, good, the building he's gonna be smushed. No, he survived. And it there was there was a chance to make a point, uh, like uh, about superhero movies here that was missed because the movie takes place in a in a fake country called Kandak. Mm-hmm. Basically, think of Egypt without the actual history. Um, is it is it is it Egypt or is it more like Iraq with the Sumerian background? It's actually a, a smattering of both. It's a smattering, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, and the Black Adam rises in Kandak, and he causes you know he, he, there's this super super powered character, and so the U.S. based uh, response is the Justice Society. There are a group of superheroes who are charged with international peacekeeping. That for some odd reason is run by Amanda Waller. I got lost there. Yeah, and first of all, if you know comics, Justice Society, first super team in comics, a very, very deep bench of great characters they could have used. So there's a super powered character as powerful as Superman running around killing people willy nilly. So who do they send? throwing them very far. Throwing them, yeah. So who do they send to stop this character with Superman-level powers but no no sense of control? They send two experienced heroes and two who, it's like their first mission. Yeah, that that was my first record scratch in the movie. That made no sense to me. They were like doing a ride-along. And one of the characters, Adam Smasher, you've seen the trailers, he, he, his power is that he grows really huge, like size of, of apartment buildings. He's giant man, DC. He, in a, in a story, in a urban setting, is a liability. Because well, he, he was falls also over, he smushes people. Um, but they, go, they show up there in conduct. They don't talk to the government. Now, the government's corrupt, but still, they just show up, self-appointed guardians, and the Justice Society destroys this city. It's very clear. This is a historic city. It yeah. probably stood for hundreds, maybe longer years. And they just show up and without uh, without a thought or a bit of conscience, they destroy this ancient city and they don't even think they don't even think twice about it. And so there's a point to be made there about the, the view of U.S. heroes. Mm-hmm. And, well, and, you know, they even made a point about how um, when Kondak uh, has been under the, the thumb of a criminal organization for years. Every, the U.S. ignored them when yeah. Black Adam came up and he could possibly cause problems for the U.S. Then they then all of a sudden they cared. Right. There was some great opportunities there. And Dr. Fate by uh, Pierce Brosnan was amazing. Um, I thought he he really gave dignity to that character. Oh, he was great. 
Um, but generally, it was just, it was so noisy and full of explosions that it would give Michael Bay a priapism. <laughs> no, it was very, 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 very slow explosions, though. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it was very it, Zack Snyder-like. If you want to watch it on streaming where it doesn't cost you anything, eh, you might enjoy it. But I wouldn't go see it in the theater. Well, yeah, it's not worth getting. That, that's the that's the litmus test for movies. Is it worth getting COVID for? No. And I'm looking forward to, now this is still a movie that was produced under the previous Warner's regime. Uh, I'm looking forward to movies after The Flash, because um, every movie till then is going to be aftermath of the I, previous. I, I, I I'm don't looking forward to the, the movie. Flash. I'm looking forward to the movies after The Flash when James Gunn has taken the reins of DC yes. and probably turned it around in amazing ways. Uh, yeah. Probably we'll see a Detective Chip movie. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why he took that gig, but I'm glad he did. And uh, we will keep our eyes open and then we will go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about conservative messaging. So stay with us. <laughs> So, Leanna, what yep. we've been talking about that we're going to talk about the messaging from Pierre Parlev, um and, and Doug Ford. Yeah. What are you seeing? Well, it's the just inflation thing, right? I mean, Ford's not saying anything. He's ducking the uh, the convoy committee, right? Yes. But Polyevra is on Twitter all the time going about inflation, inflation, inflation and blaming uh, Trudeau's policies for inflation. Now, anybody that's been following anything, inflation is a global phenomenon. We're actually not getting it as bad as a lot of we're, other jurisdictions. We're we're middle of the pack. Yeah, we're Canada is definitely doing better than the U.S., uh, doing better than a lot of European countries. So we're doing okay. And you know, we had a thing up about record high use of food banks. Well, yes, that's true, and yes, they did cite inflation as one thing. But they also cited the end of the CERB. That that, you know, we're keeping people afloat during COVID. And when that ended, not so much. And, you know, the conservatives and Polyevra himself uh, insisted that the CERB was Freakonomics and bad policy. He actively opposed the CERB and the CERB is very popular. So he's not going to remind people of that, except I see him going on about inflation and and you know, people not being able to feed their families. And I think uh, you oppose the thing that helped people feed their families. Right. Well, I mean, the opposition parties, they're supposed to uh, criticize, critique government policy based on facts. And well, both the NDP and the conservatives um, base their criticism on misinformation, mis misdirection, misleading the public um, instead of informing them. And like you can say, acknowledge that the world is that inflation is, is because of inflationary pressures in the world. I mean, in the last two days, gas went up 20 cents in Canada. The government had nothing to do with that. That's going to make everything more expensive. Uh, you can acknowledge that this is a worldwide trend and then critique the way the government is handling it. But you cannot lay the responsibility for inflation at the feet of the present government. That's just lying. My big concern is that this is one of those times like the world wars where it, it's a keep calm and carry on moment. This is just something it is temporary. They're saying it's going to last through 2023 and then go back down. 
every reliable economic forecast I've seen has said this. And there's nothing anybody can do about it because of supply chain issues, the ongoing issues with China shutting down because of their zero COVID policy and and the war with Ukraine and Russia. There's nothing we can do. And so getting people all incensed about it is only going to cause people stress and lead to more distress and despair than being honest with people and everybody rowing together to get through this. It, right. it, it, I, I, I think it is unpatriotic. I think it's irresponsible to create issues that cause people stress. Go after the things that make sense to go after. But this inflation thing, it is not a local problem. It is a global problem. And it's better to let people know that the government is there for them. We'll help everybody through. It's going to be somewhat painful, but we're all going to get through it together instead of fighting each other. Well, from your mouth to whatever the deity's ears. That oh, exists, they won't listen. It's it's, it's going to be a year of really, really ugly gutter politics. Yep. Um, and with that to look forward to, you can uh, relieve yourself of stress. Learn how to relieve yourself of stress, anxiety, workplace issues, toxic workplaces, problems with friends, family, gender issues, anything that that's plaguing you, uh, basically, that you don't need a, you know, a clinical therapist for. Um, that's what It's Not Therapy is for. Uh, it's on uh, Saga 960 AM drops uh, Thursdays at 7 o'clock p.m. new. And then it is available as a podcast, as the previous episodes are uh, now. Um, NotTherapyShow.com is a place to find it. But any of the podcast services that you use will carry It's Not Therapy. Uh, very worthwhile show. Leanna hosts, well, does the whole thing with the show. Um, we're we're done. Ready to say goodbye? I am. Let's do it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>